Hello, Metro Augusta. Hello, Georgia. And hello, wherever you are. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the October 18th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show, as always, is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, where we proudly provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. And I'm asking again, like I do every week, if you haven't followed us on Facebook and you're on that platform, please do follow the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia. And of course, if you're ever on YouTube, please go to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That also is called the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia. And when you subscribe, you will receive notifications of when we drop new video episodes. And that lets us know that you support our efforts. Before we get started with our program today, there are a couple of announcements, things I need to make you aware of. First is an event that's taking place on this coming Saturday. It is October 21st, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Julian Smith Casino. Um, there is going to be a senior fest there. So there'll be information from various service providers that provide services to older folks in our area. So please go to that. I think it'll be very interesting and informative for you to participate. I might be able to be there. I've had some things come up in my schedule. I was hoping to have a table where I could meet and greet all of you personally, um, but I may not be able to do that. So we'll just keep our fingers crossed and see what happens. Also want you to be aware of an event that is sponsored by one of my favorite organizations, and that is the Augusta Alumni Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. We are working in partnership with the Lucy Craft Laney Museum of Black History, and we're presenting Give Cancer the Boot. Um, this is going to be a fun and educational event to include line dancing, healthy foods, and more. Um, it will take place on October 25th, which is a Wednesday, at the Jesse Norman School of the Arts. Um, we'll be taking up donations to support Cancer Support Services and Magnolia's Boutique. So if you're interested in attending this event, um, there's um, the best way to do it is to register online. Uh, if you can't attend, you can also make a donation towards this effort. Uh, I will have the flyer for the event on the Local Matters Facebook page. So um, that will be easy. You can just go to that page, scan the QR code and get registered. Again, it's called Give Cancer the Boot, and we'll be doing some fun and educational educational uh, things on that evening to help you know more about what it means if you have cancer uh, and uh, help with those who have, help those who have. So thanks for paying attention to that. Um, right now, we're going to go into our episode for today. Uh, we're going to talk about that one big item that is on the ballots in Richmond County. Uh, we're going to just uh, get an overview, get additional information. Hopefully this will respond to some of the questions you have as you decide whether or not you want to support the Coliseum Splost. Local Matters family, uh, we are joined today by two members of the Augusta Coliseum Authority. 
Um, they are here to talk about the CSPLOST or the Coliseum Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax. Um, if you could start off, uh, Mr. Johnson, tell us who you are and what your role is with the Coliseum Authority. I'm Cedric Johnson and I'm chairman of the Coliseum Authority. And, and, I, and Brad Astry, uh, Vice Chair, Coliseum Authority and Chairman of the New Arena Committee. All right. Excellent. Thank you all so much for visiting with the Local Matters family today. Um, we always try to make sure that our listeners are prepared for what is on the ballot. And on November 7th, you all have a big big item on the ballot. Uh, and we want to make sure that people understand what that item is really asking them to do. And we know it's a yes or no question. And we also know that for most of us in Richmond County, that's going to be the only reason for us to go to the polls this time around, because unless you're in Hepsible or Blythe, there's nothing on the ballot for you to vote for. So we just need some background so our listeners have a good understanding of, of what's there. Um, and I'd like to start off by talking about what's happening already. The last time I drove down Telfair Street, I could see that something was happening at the Bell Auditorium. Uh, can you all give us an overview, just sort of what the project is, how much money you're spending there, and how it's going to benefit people who use that facility? I'm going to let the chairman right, start. Brad, I'm going to say, Brad, I'm going to let you start because you've been more intimately involved with that part of it. Okay. Yeah, the Bell Auditorium is exciting uh, for Cedric and I to, to be in the Coliseum Authority to see something happening finally with the building. This 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 project or what we call what we're calling Phase One of the new arena project was funded by SPLOS. So this project is actually paid for. And so what what you're going to see once it's complete is a new grand lobby uh, that's going to create more concession opportunities, but it's also going to uh, allow that we won't be so crowded. If you've ever been to a sold-out show at the Bell, you know how crowded the lobby is going to be. This is going to triple the size of the lobby, so it's going to add 5,500 square feet. And probably the most exciting thing for us, it's going to double the number of restrooms. So if you've ever been to a show at the Bell, you know there's only a women's room on one side of the building and a men's room on the other side. Now we're going to have ladies' and men's rooms on both sides, and we'll double, double the number of restrooms in the building. Also, we're doubling the size of the premium space, and we're adding a new premium space on the west side of the west concourse of the building. And so that's what people will see that come to the show. That's what you'll see as the addition to the bell. But also behind the scenes, we're redoing the green room for the artists, and we're also giving the artists access to the second and third floor dressing rooms and renovating those dressing rooms. So now we'll have six usable dressing room when in the past years we've only had two usable dressing rooms because of access so again that's an exciting part of this renovation because you have to take care of the artists these days because a lot of they're touring and it's important uh that you want the artists to talk about the building and and, and, and all the amenities it has to other artists so that's pretty much a, a, a snapshot of what we're doing again this project is paid for by splost already and uh, again, we should be uh, with our first live show next May. Next May, so May of 24, 
we should be yeah. able to see uh, yeah. some something some shows there. Um, and tell me, you you used a, a phrase that I'm not sure we understand what it means. You said you were increasing the amount of premium space. Can you tell us what premium space is? Yeah. So uh, if you if you're a member of our um, uh, fan club uh, and you you're you're a member, it, it's been called the BMW Club in the in the past in the Windsor Club before that. And so there's a space you can go that has a bar and restroom. And now this, this space will have two restrooms and a bar. And again, it will, before you didn't have access to the bowl or to where the show was going on. This will now have glass. It used to be kind of like a closet, a dungeon. Now there'll be glass. So where you're at the premium space or the premium club, for lack of a better word, you'll be able to see the show going on when you're sitting, standing at the bar getting a drink. And then the same thing with the, the smaller premium area, a premium club on the west side, we're calling it a speakeasy because it's just kind of tiny, kind of like an old New York pub. And same thing, you'll be able to see the show through the glass while you're in there. And it also will have a restroom and bar as well. So it's a space where you, you, know, you pay a little extra and you go in there and you can have your drink and, and chat with your friends. Excellent, excellent. And let me ask this question too. As you were speaking of the artists and adding dressing rooms, um, we don't know what artists do. I know I don't. Do they usually come to the facility dressed or are they dressed? Do they usually dress there? You know, how do they do they expect to be able to do all of that once they get inside the bell? Well, you know, artists used to sell albums to make money. And now, because of digital music, they have to tour to make money. And so, you know, the, the touring part, they're looking for, for venues that have amenities. All of them, not all of them, but a lot of them travel in very nice buses. So they'll do a lot of their dressing and, and, and socializing in the, uh, in the buses. But when just before showtime and right after sound check, they're using those dressing rooms to get ready, get prepared, um, to do their pre pre uh, show routines, and before you know, it, they really the dressing rooms were not presentable. So, I think these dressing rooms and this green space is where we have our catering for these uh, artists. It'll be something we we're proud of, and it's something the artists will leave Augusta going. You guys have got to go to this Bell Auditorium in Augusta. They've really got it going on. Okay. How old is the Bell? Uh, about eighty years old. Okay. All right. So we have an eighty-year-old Bell Auditorium that we're expecting modern-day artists to come into, and you're just trying to update it so it meets their expectations. Uh, sounds like as well as the the lobby because I know it is real tight. The last time I was in there, I guess it was for the uh, People Bryson Jeffrey Osborne show, which was maybe September or August of last year. Uh, I think that was the last time I was I was in there for a show, and you're right, it was. It, there's not enough room to circulate around there, and I'll be honest, I have avoided having to use the bathroom there because I know there's not a whole lot of space. So, so this will create some improvements there. And I do, I do think the most exciting part of this renovation is two things. We not only is the grand lobby going to alleviate some of the crowding, it's a whole new event space. We can have corporate functions in that grand lobby outside of just having a, a concert or the event at the bell. And again, the most exciting, doubling the number of bathrooms. <laughs> it's just going to be, that's really good. 
Yeah, really good. Now let's move on to the 43-year-old facility that's adjacent to it as part of the complex. I say 43, I think it opened in 1980, uh, if my memory serves correct. So, um, 79. 79, actually 79. Okay, yeah, I know the so first, high, yeah, first high school graduation I went to was the class of 1980. So it was actually opened the year before, um, but I guess not at yeah. graduation time. Um, you've got a, a, a referendum on the ballot uh, that talks about generating a half cent sales tax to generate $433 million plus, uh, which sounds like a, a huge sum of money. Uh, does it really take $433 million to build a new arena? Yes, yes, ma'am, it does. And, and when we talk about the new arena, the new arena will cost uh, $250 million. That's the cost of a new arena, new arena. We want and can't go over that amount. Uh, and the best example I can give you, Miss um, Jackson, is if you bought a $100,000 house at 5% for 30 years, your monthly payment would be roughly right about $530 a month. And at the end of that year, on that $100,000 that you bought, that you that you paid for borrowed for that house, you would end up paying roughly eighty three thousand dollars in interest. It's no difference. We're going to borrow basically through bonds two hundred and fifty million dollars, and at the end of that roughly eighteen to nineteen year period, we hope to pay it off sooner. We're going to pay about a hundred and eighty three million uh, in interest and and fees. So, yes, it, it does cost that amount to build it. And also, in, in Cedric's spot on. That's that's what it is. If, you know, if you buy a house, you're going to pay more over the 30-year period of your term in law. But this is the max, max number. The main thing is once this debt's paid off, this tax goes away. Uh, it will sunset. So folks can rest assured that we will, this tax will not be rolled into another project once we pay, pay off this project. It, this tax goes away. There's no way for anybody who's in, in, in politics at that point in time who's in office can make this half penny continue on. Basically, the $433 million is your principal and interest, basically, as you gave the analogy on purchasing a home. Right. Purchasing a home for $100,000 at roughly 5%, over that period of time, you would end up paying $183 million back, roughly. I think the other important thing about what's on the referendum, it stops at that at that amount. We can't have any overruns. We, it, we have to build and operate this process within that amount. Okay. All right. So can, no cost overruns. Whatever you're going to do, you're going to get it within the $433 million that you're asking for. Yes, ma'am. Okay. okay. And what are we expecting to get for that? Um, does that also cover the demolition costs and things like that for the current facility? It covers everything. It, it covers uh, demolition. It covers the new building. It covers all the new uh, electronical components that we will have in there. 
It also covers a, a little bit over a four-acre plaza that we will have. So it, it covers everything that you see on the renderings. It will be covered in that $433 million. Excellent. And do you think that we'll be able to bring in some shows and other types of inter entertainment that we don't have now uh, if we're able to get, get this brand new facility? And I'm going to let Brad touch on that. But, you know, we, we can't give specific artists, you know, because we won't know who's touring once this building is complete. But I can use Savannah, for example, right now. Um, in their new building, their building is actually is going to be is smaller than what we're building by about a thousand seats. But they open with the Eagles, um, and they've had a number. And you can just search research the uh, their what they've had since they opened, and they've had some very good artists. But we, we can't tell you exactly. But yes, we, we'll have some top notch, and, and folks will be wanting to come to Augusta once we build this new arena uh, for sure. And just some features on it: ten thousand five hundred seats. Uh, the current building seats how many? Is it eight something? Well, that's no. that's a little bit of a fallacy there. And, you know, our biggest show every year is the guitar pull, and we sell fifty seven hundred tickets, and that's the max we can get in there. So, this things about this ten thousand five hundred seats is usable. Ten thousand five hundred seats for a, an end stage event. We'll use every one of these seats. There won't be any seats behind the stage that are, that can't be that are blacked out. So it's, okay. this is truly ten thousand five hundred seats. We're almost doubling the size of the arena. Okay. All right. Uh, Twelve luxury boxes, luxury suites in the luxury. new facility. Is that right? And they're, they're in, are in a zero in the current. It's zero basically. They tried a while to make something at the rear end of it, but I, we would not call that a luxury suite. So I would basically say zero now. So about this, Ms. Jackson, is, you know, not only does it create a whole new experience for patrons with these luxury suites, but for the Coliseum Authority and the city of Augusta for, for this building, to maintain this building, this creates a ton of new revenue for this building to allow us to maintain this building and the grounds around it the way it deserves to be maintained. So again, this is this is not only just a, a new perk for the building, it's also a uh, revenue stream for us, for us to maintain this building as years progress. And one thing I want to add with, with what Brad just said, with the luxury suites and the other amenities that we have, uh, for, for just our customers coming in, we're going to have wider seats. That was one of the things that people complained about. And also, we're going to have wider space, spaces in between the seats because a lot of times people that are 5 foot 10, 6 feet tall, they complained about having not having adequate leg room. So we're going to build this new arena to satisfy some of those wants that people had. And, and I, I hope your your listeners can really hear the excitement in Cedric and my voice. You know, we've we've been working at this for a lot of years, and we are really high on this project. And 
we had one of the number one design firms for arenas in the world in Perkins and Will. They're based out of Denver. And another thing about this arena that, that we don't have at the JBA when you go, and when you go leave your seat and go to the concessions, uh, or go through the concourse at the JBA, you're completely isolated from the actual event. And the way that it is designed arenas now, when you go up into the concourse at this new arena, you'll still be able to see the show. They're open, so which which is really cool. So you you'll still be able if you have to run run up and grab a beer or, or some popcorn during during the show, you're still going to be able to see the, the concert that's going on or even the basketball game that's being played. So that's a whole another thing we rarely talk about. But uh, anyway, again, I hope your, your listeners hear the excitement and, and, and know that we've really, really tried to take attention to detail on this arena and, and the funding for this. Well, it's, it's one thing I want to add to what Brad said about the excitement. Uh, the Coliseum Authority during the process, process of this uh we wanted to make sure that local and small and minority businesses had the opportunity to participate. So currently, right now on the James on the Bell Auditorium project, uh, we have twenty six percent minority participation, and that that cost is probably going to be closer to about eighteen to nineteen million dollars on on the Bell Auditorium, and also we have about. I think, Brad, and you could correct me, about 81% local, which includes Georgia. It's, it's actually 92% Georgia companies, and, uh, and 60, 66% is Augusta companies. Yes. That's, that's the Bell Auditorium. So this is the, on the bell. It's on the Bell. And, and what, we, what we're planning to do is go by the same model that we have for the Bell, and it, at least... 25% uh, minority participation, and again, as much local participation as we can get uh, on that $250 million project. And, 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 this, and, and you know, I, I do want to say, too, again, I, I feel like this is sort of an intimate way to we can communicate this. And, and you know, a lot of people say, well, that's just lip service. You can say that. It's easy to say. But I can tell you, and I'll give you an example. One of our one of our uh, subs or one of our contractors uh, came to Cedric, chairman, and said, I can't get to that percentage. I'm sorry. And, and Cedric said, you know what? You, you figure it out, and then you come back and see me. And about a few days later, they came back to Cedric and said, we figured it out. So the bottom line is, is you, you can rest assured that we're going to be good stewards of this money and, and follow that guideline. And another thing these, that folks need to know out there, this, this way of funding, 40-plus percent of the funds raised to pay this debt are going to be paid for by people that live outside Richmond County. 40-plus percent of the, of the revenue that's going to be collected from sales tax comes from people outside Richmond County. These are visitors that come in or people from Columbia County, Aiken County are going to help pay for this building. So if you're building a house and somebody said, well, we can get 40% paid by other people. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Come on. 
So again, that's that's another thing about this funding mechanism. Forty percent plus is going to be paid for by visitors and folks from other counties. Yeah, and, and that is good news to hear. And I think this is probably the primary difference between the first proposal that was on the ballot. Was it last year or year before? Uh, that that's the big difference, right? Exactly. Yes, ma'am. We heard we heard the people and what we what they said. So we went back to the drawing board to find another way uh, to finance it. And this appears to be the the best way, best possible way that we could find to, to do the financing. Austin Authority, we've, uh, I think we realized that was a blessing that that didn't pass. And we've had, we now have the opportunity to, to do a funding mechanism where more people participate this besides Richmond County taxpayers. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. Sometimes something happens you think is the worst thing in the world, then uh, it forces you to go back to the drawing board, essentially, and, and come up with a better way to make this this happen. Um, we got a, just a few minutes left. I want to hit on some of the economic impact for the region. Uh, one of the things that I received in the mail uh, in order to inform me some about the issue, and I know it, it showed up in a whole bunch of folks' mailboxes, um, was just the number of jobs that could be could possibly be generated by this. Um, the number was quoted at 589 new jobs and $1.6 billion in potential economic impact. Um, just generally to help our audience understand um, where those numbers come from and sort of what it means. I know we don't need an economist explanation of that, but just just generally how help us understand why we believe or why you believe that this new facility will generate that type of impact. What? Yeah, you know, again, I, again, I'm not an economist, and I we did do this study twice. Uh, that's another thing we need to folks to know, and they both came back pretty close. Uh, we we refreshed the study three years after we did because we want to make sure our numbers were right. And you know how I just say it because I, I own businesses. You know, we're talking about 600 new paychecks floating in Augusta, um, and also the 1.6 billion in direct and indirect spending. This is money that would not be in Augusta's economy that's going to be in, in put into her, our economy over the next 30 years. And, and again, that 1.6, that's a billion with a B. So uh, that, that number's pretty huge to in, inject into our Augusta economy. And it's going to come from all different phases, whether it's hospitality, construction, um, and new jobs. Hospitality, construction, exactly. So there'll be folks working there. I know, for instance, when the Green Jacket Stadium went up, it created some jobs that didn't exist before. Um, my, my daughter uh, worked for a while. She was in high school back then, but she got a job on the audiovisual team uh, working with them. And I asked when she got the job, I said, well, what happened to your crew from last year? I said, we didn't have such a crew because we didn't have the audiovisual equipment. We didn't have the type of boards and things in the old stadium that we have in the new one. So that was an opportunity to generate new jobs. So I would assume similarly, there are going to be some new opportunities here because you've got a different an updated facility. But it also, you know, just if anybody really wants to know some details on all this, where all these numbers came from, we have a website dedicated to this project. It's newaugustaarena.com, newaugustaarena.com. So if anyone wants to go there, 
anything we've done for this project study-wise or just just all of our promotional material, it's there because, again, Cedric and I and the Coliseum Authority, we said we, we want to make sure that we're transparent and everybody knows what we're doing so nobody can point and say, you know, y'all, it was smoke and mirror. So it's all there, newaugustaarena.com. Uh-huh. Thank you so much uh, for being here and informing our listeners about this as they prepare to vote. Uh, early voting actually started October 16th. Uh, so they got from October 16th to November 7th to make a decision on this important issue. Before we close out, Brad, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Well, just to let folks know, you know, uh, election day is November 7th. We're the only thing on the ballot. Just like you said, we need to get folks out. We don't need a low turnout deciding on the largest project in Augusta's history. We need a good turnout. We want folks involved. And we also, when you go in, in to, to vote yes or no, we want you educated. So if you have any questions or you have a group that wants to, us to talk to, we'll be happy to talk to those folks. And Cedric and I are both easy to get in touch with. So Again, this this is the largest largest project in Augusta's history. All right, thank you so much, Brad, for being with us today. Thank you, appreciate it. I certainly hope that conversation with Brad Usry and Cedric Johnson has helped you learn more about this project. Um, they gave a web address, and I want to give that to you again. It is newaugustaarena.com. And you can go to that site. You can see uh, drawings of the new facility. And um, hopefully that, too, will answer some questions about what a cease flost is, how it would impact our community. Um, and there's information also about the project team, as well as information with the listing of names of members of the Augusta Richmond County Coliseum Authority. So you know who it is that you'll be turning this money over to if, in fact, this tax is approved. They also have a contact us page on their website. So if there's some questions that the website does not answer or some questions that the interview today did not answer, you can go to that contact us page, leave your email address, and they can follow up with you to respond to the questions that you have about this ballot and about uh, the overall construction of the new arena, if that is something that the voters approve. Thanks so much. Be blessed. I close with my favorite Bible verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge demonstrating love for your local community and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. or Thursday at 7 p.m. here on 103.7 FM or 1600 AM. Or please go to SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts at any time because local matters.